Hi, and welcome to DaVita Leadership Insights, a podcast for DaVita teammates who want to become a better leader, both personally and professionally. I'm Doug Miller, a master coach and DaVita University faculty member. And I'm Grace Berman, a senior director with DaVita University. Today, we get to chat about leading the core value of continuous improvement with Joseph Garcia, a director on our Pioneer team. And um, for those who aren't familiar with DaVita Lingo, Pioneer is known as our internal consulting team focused on driving and implementing really cool continuous improvement projects. Welcome, Joseph. Thanks for having me, guys. You're welcome. Yeah, Joseph, I'm so glad you're joining us as a guest on the podcast. I think you might have been one of our first podcast listeners, like the first 10, I would say. So cool. I didn't know that. And I'm still tuning in. You guys done a great job with this. Excited to be a guest now. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you so much for being a listener and for being a guest now. And you've given us such great feedback and suggestions over. It's been almost, has it been like almost three years? It's been almost three years. Can you believe that, Doug? I can't believe that. I thought you were going to say two years. I thought I was really thinking it was two years, but maybe my math is wrong, but we can go back and check that out. But either way, Joseph, speaking of continuous improvement, Doug and I are going to get better at counting our years here. Um, And we are so excited about hearing more from you about our core value at DeVita. It's one of our seven core values, continuous improvement. It means never stand still, never satisfied, individually and as part of a team, constantly looks at what we do and asks, how can we do this better? Then uses a systematic approach to take action. So Joseph, I'd love to hear, to get us started, why is this such an important core value for you personally? Yeah, so two things near and dear to my heart are doing meaningful work and challenging work. And so right or wrong, I've always found myself in this space professionally uh, in trying to drive continuous improvement. And whether that's on a product, a process, or within a team environment, I've always played in that domain. And I would say in reflecting upon that, that's really what drives my energy, right? How can we improve being forward looking and just thinking about what comes next? And so it is definitely out of our seven, my number one favorite core value here at DaVita. Oh, that's awesome. I love that it's your number one and we get to interview you on it. That's cool. So, um, you know, on, on our podcast, we ask our, our guests to share some personal stories and, um, we typically will ask them to share a time when they maybe didn't do something as well. So wondering if you'd be willing to share a time, uh, when, when you weren't doing this and when you didn't lead with the core value of continuous improvement. Good news, Doug and Grace. I have many to choose from, <laughs> uh, but I'll, I'll, I'll share one on the people leader front. Uh, so there was a, a time in my career where I was just stagnant on my people leadership skills. Uh, I felt like I had good management processes. I was asking the right questions. And honestly, I felt like I had good rapport with my direct reports. And with that, I wasn't striving for continuous improvement. And Mm -hmm. so what ended up happening in a relatively short turnaround was I had two teammates uh, actually choose to to leave the village. And I would say I was caught flat-footed on both of them. And it really was an awakening moment for me on how did this come about? How did I not see it coming? What could I have done better as a leader of people? 
uh, to, to bet, best support them. So it was more of a proactive conversation and we were just having active dialogue along the way versus what happened was it was very reactive. And unfortunately for these two circumstances, it was, it was too late. Those teammates had made up their mind on choosing to exit. Uh, so that's one where I, I, if I would have lived, my favorite core value of continuous improvement, I think the outcome potentially could have been differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But that's one reflection that I bring to today's discussion. Yeah. Let's break that. Let's break that down a little bit more, Joseph. You bring up a great point, and something that I don't think we often talk about with continuous improvement. That the first step is being able to continuous to continuously improve is to have that self awareness um, and that emotional resilience to admit that something is not great or could be better. Maybe your people, you know, admitting that your people skills couldn't just stagnate; that you had to constantly direct attention to it and keep learning and growing. And it sounds like it was very humbling and um, to admit. And then also I, I feel as though it can be overwhelming to constantly think about ways to improve every part of your life, my life, you know, for us to constantly think about that all the time. So can you say a little bit more about how you acknowledge the emotional piece in leading continuous improvement for yourself and others? Well, I'll just start and say it's never easy. So if you're listening to this <laughs> mm-hmm. and it resonates, I would just say you're, you're not alone. But usually for me, when I have an emotional reaction, uh, that's actually good to be self-aware that it's occurring because it means that it matters, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think it's important for us to just know when that's happening internally and give, give ourselves the grace of time to process uh, what's happening and and why it feels so impactful, uh, and then create space for self reflection. And so I struggle to think of a time in my career where, where I didn't have uh, the opportunity to self reflect, create space, and then truly think about what needs continuous improvement. Uh, but I'd be lying if I didn't say it wasn't painful at times. And I think that's true for most of us. But when you feel that discomfort, I think it's just impo- important to acknowledge it. Uh, you got to name it to tame it, right? Give mm-hmm. yourself space to reflect. And then when you're in that that proper headspace to think through it a little more objectively, usually that's when you get to a better outcome versus trying to self-solve it in the moment when you could potentially be emotionally charged. Great points. And yeah, I mean, it's just so interesting to me how pervasive having some emotional sensitivity and you know, what we call emotional intelligence just cuts across so many different elements of the work that we do and what we get to do. So, um, so great articulation. And I love the whole name it to tame it. Sometimes I hate those little quirky psycho phrases, psychological pop psychology phrases, but that one I really like, and it just really works. So, um, yeah. And Doug, you know, Joseph's trying to get extra credit points with us because he's quoting something from one of our DVU programs, DVU University programs. He clearly paid attention. Exactly. Is, I love it. Exactly. He probably went back to the workbook as a <laughs> continuous improvement to refresh. No, I'm just kidding. All right. So want to pivot and ask about a success story in a time when, um, when you were leading your team and demonstrating these behaviors. And part of the definition that we have around continuous improvement is talking about um, and asking that question, how can we do this better? And then using a systematic approach to take action. Do you have a story that you would be willing to share um, where that was occurring? Yes. So a couple of years ago, 
I had the privilege of working on FA Prep 365. And so for those not familiar with DaVita Vernacular, it's an onboarding program for our clinic managers. Uh, and so we were working on this thing in a pretty intense pace for about six to nine months to build it out. We get to the pilot phase of the project and we had uh, pretty rigorous feedback collection mechanisms to see what's going well and what's not working. And we had this area of the program that just popped with opportunity for improvement, continuous improvement. <laughs> <laughs> and the feedback was pretty raw. And so as the person who was in charged with helping to build this, you get questions like, man, who thought of this and what were they thinking? And it just <laughs> your heart. <laughs> and so the emotional reaction was, was certainly there. But uh, once you work through that, the feedback was super fair. And so essentially what was happening is on paper, we thought this orchestration of how we close out um, the onboarding program was rock solid. It was super uh, systematic. Like we had all these checks in place and it looked really good on a whiteboard. But in practice, it was way too complex. And I could say mm -hmm. that a couple years out with, with certainty. <laughs> and so we, we got the feedback. We assessed um, what are the root causes or what's driving this issue. We looked at, well, what are our options to move forward? And then ultimately we made some decisions and implemented a better solution. Uh, but that is one where I think in hindsight and looking at it a little more objectively, we got it wrong in the first version. But because of continuous improvement, having some structure in place to get that feedback that we really needed, uh, we were able to end up in a, a better spot that we ultimately rolled out to the village. Beautiful. It's a great story, Joseph. Thanks for being open with, um, again, that emotional piece of it. I, I never even thought, Doug, that if we had an episode on continuous improvement, we would talk, be talking so much about emotions, <laughs> which I know right? <laughs> we love talking about, you and I. Uh, and this, is, this seems a little different, right? And, and it is so yeah. true. Like you were saying, you were so connected to it, Joseph. And to hear that feedback can be crushing. And in some ways, continuous improvement, you have to I, I don't know if I like the term growing thicker skin, but essentially being able to acknowledge the emotional reaction and then setting that aside and really asking yourself, okay, what do I tease out from here so that I can learn from this, right? And not letting that emotional piece take the best of you. And with that, I, I, I want to pivot a little bit to another part of the definition because I think that our, our definition is really cool and I love the multiple pieces of it. So another part of it is never standing still and never satisfied. And that sounds great as it's related to continuous improvement. And it almost, to me, it could compete with another one of our core values, never satisfied. It might compete with our core value of fulfillment, right? So if you're never satisfied, are you really fulfilled, right? So, so how do you balance, Joseph, fulfillment in your life with a desire to continuously improve? It's a great question. So if you aren't intentional, I agree that continuous improvement and fulfillment can be in conflict. But I actually think it's uber important to have those be in harmony. Mm. And so maybe I'll just share some reflections on what's worked for me, uh, by no means an expert. Um, but what I've noticed, at least personally, is that I tend to focus on what's next. And I have this achievement orientation that goes really well with continuous improvement. But like the balancing factor is you got to look back and see how many laps you ran in the race and not just how many laps are left in the race. Mm. And that becomes more and more important as you become a leader of people. And so I actually have struggled with this. And so I had to be super dis disciplined with management processes to help drive improvement within this space. But what's worked is like simple things of 
blocking 15 minutes on my calendar each week to where I just show appreciation. And now appreciation doesn't have to be tied to this milestone or big uh, grand outcome. We can show appreciation for people showing up and doing the right things and living the DeVita way and bringing our core values to life and more of the day-to-day uh, work that we do. Uh, and as a leader, I just think it's uber important to, to create space for that and acknowledge things that uh, drive the team's fulfillment, not just focus on outcomes and continuous improvement. And then the other thing is like weaving into your meetings. So creating space for like check-in questions or just more informal appreciation for teammates who are just doing good work and, and driving you towards your outcomes, that tends to go a long way as well. But I, I definitely agree with you, Grace. So if you aren't intentional about it, those certainly can be in conflict from a core values perspective, but it's important to, to, to harmonize those two. Well, I certainly love that we're bringing in my favorite core value, which is <laughs> fulfillment, uh, into this conversation and, uh, and really appreciating that and, and also the simplicity that you talk about, but having a management process to make sure that you're actually executing on that is probably super key. Um, and the other thing it brings up though, is also, you know, we have these, uh, the, we call it the dirty dozen here in the, in the village. And it's these, it's these 12 things that, uh, that interrupt our capacity. And there's one that sometimes I feel like might get into competition with, um, with continuous improvement also, which is letting great, uh, letting good stand in the way, letting great stand in the way of good enough, letting great stand in the way of good enough. So I don't know. We, we're, we're not going to go very far into that, but it just came to mind as an interesting thing around how do you balance continuous improvement against perfection and um, in that whole concept of what's what, how much energy should we be always putting into this or not? So it's an interesting polarity, I think, to manage. Um, but I want to uh, ask you a question about, um, you know, this is a leadership podcast. So just wondering if if you have um, ways in which that you've coached others, uh, either in pioneer or even outside of pioneer, um, to lead continuous improvement. So within pioneer, we work with a lot of partners. I'm somewhat sharing my, uh, hidden talents here. That's Uh-oh. what's going on behind Uh-oh. the scenes. So. Behind the curtain. <laughs> <laughs> but usually it comes down to three components when you're thinking about continuous improvement. And I think you have to have good thought clarity on all three questions. So one is the why. So why does it make sense to invest uh, time, energy, resources here to drive continuous improvement? It sounds super simplistic, but depending on the context, that can and and should deserve some good dialogue. The next is the what. Okay, we're aligned on, there's an opportunity here, everybody's nodding their head, we all agree, then what do you do about it? And so that's another space to where you don't want to shortchange the options that can and should be on the table and just making sure that you're being thoughtful and rigorous there. And that comes down to the how. So it's like, all right, here's the problem. Here's how we're gonna solve it. And it's about how do we do that efficiently and effectively. Um, So usually when I'm working with my partners, usually we're playing in one of those three spaces. And for whatever reason, we may not have total thought clarity on uh, how we wanna answer that question strategically. Uh, And so if you're ever finding yourself in like a space where you're confused on, like what's the objective or where do I go from here? I would go back to those three questions. And usually if you can answer those clearly, thoughtfully, and the right partners around you answer those the same, uh, then usually you'll be on a good trajectory. Hmm. 
Joseph, I, you know, as a listener of the podcast, you you know that we like to to talk about uh, or have our guests share about them their whole selves, not just at work, uh, also in in their home life too. So I'd be curious, Joseph, how do you lead continuous improvement for yourself at home? <laughs> oh, if my wife wasn't going to listen to this, then I'd have probably a slightly different answer. But I'm, no, I'm, totally, I'm totally asking this so that your wife uh, can listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll just say that um, it's it's an area of opportunity for me on the home front. So I'm achievement oriented. And when I'm working on something, I'm all in. And so I have no ability to multitask and that manifests itself in certain ways on, on the home front. Uh, but honestly, what works for us at, at home, and so my wife is definitely a part of the equation, is we have kind of these once a year conversations of like, what's important to us? What role do we each play in that? And then where do I need to step up my game? And honestly, usually Grace, my, my biggest opportunity is just being present. Um, mm. So sometimes when I'm, physically present I'm not mentally present and that's been on my list of improvement for a few years so hopefully um, <laughs> 2022 will be the year I, I get a better grade on that one uh, but that that that's how it's kind of broken down on the personal front and and, and what I've been trying to work on <laughs> within that space love it and um, your your wife did actually prompt us to ask that when I she heard, so. yeah, yeah, when she heard so, yeah. that we, we were interviewing you. She's like, make sure to get that in there. So just kidding. I think so she'll be happy with your answer. Episodes, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's a good answer. Um, we end all our episodes the same way. Um, what's one practical tip you would give our listeners to try right away and lead themselves and others with the core value of continuous improvement? Pick one thing you want to continuously improve and make it happen. Awesome. Thanks so much. I love that simple uh, stated tip there. And thanks so much for taking the time to join us. I love that you're on the other side of the mic this time, uh, the other side of the podcast. And thanks so much for what you do for the village. Thank you, Joseph. Thanks for having me. That was an energizing discussion with Joseph. I loved his tip at the end to choose one thing that you want to continuously improve and then make it happen. Completely agree, Doug. And speaking of tips, it's my turn to follow up on the tip from our last episode with Matt Hen on how to manage capacity and prioritize. And his tip, if you remember, was to understand what's important or what good looks like. And then look at your calendar, assess where you're spending your time and look for the asymmetries. That's that's definitely a Matt word, asymmetries. And I, I love that tip, Doug, because it was such a great reminder for me to do this. And like yeah. Matt, I also color code my calendar and have done so since our um, one of our first guests. It was episode four. Remember Cole Casey? Wow, that's a yeah. long time ago. Yeah. It was. So see, I I have improved, continuously improved myself as a result of this podcast. And Cole shared on, on that episode, uh, he shared color coding his calendar as a tip to create more time in his day. And so I have, I color code, I can see all the big rocks on my calendar based on the color coding, what's important. So that was uh, tip 1A from Matt. 
But what I didn't do was that 1B part. I don't, I don't always grade myself and look for the asymmetries. And as mm. you know, Doug, I'm, I'm working on this big project to support learning transformation yep. this year. That's my big, big rock. And I had a target of dedicating 50% of my time to work on it. And what I yep. realized when I took a look at my calendar and the color code is that I'm still not quite there. I've, I've allowed other things to take my time and I realized I just have to be more intentional around delegating or asking for help on those other things so that I can really focus on this big rock. So is that why you've asked me to take on all those other things that, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Doug, you're right? part of my master plan. <laughs> I am. It is all, it is all part of, uh, yeah, it's awesome. And I'm, I'm super excited for the work that you're doing. It's really incredible. And um, and, uh, thanks for sharing your, your continuous improvement there. So, uh, and for you, for all of the rest of you that are listening to this, we would love to hear your stories and tips as well. So please check out our show notes and click on that listener mail link to find out more about our submitting your stories and tips in writing or through even a voice message. You could just leave us a voice message and we'll, that would be awesome. And we'll, we, we work with those to turn them into episodes sometimes. And if you haven't subscribed to this podcast, please click on that subscribe button so you do not miss any of our episodes. And if you enjoy these podcasts, please rate us on iTunes or click on the survey link in our show notes so we know how we're doing. One for all. And all for one.